Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes at your favorite theme parks? Well, you're about to find out. So pull the harness all the way over your shoulders till it reaches your lap. Keep arms and legs inside the train at all times. And hold on, because it's time for the Theme Park Legends Podcast with your host, Steve Honeycutt. Ladies and gentlemen, with me today is Theme Park Legend William Landsman. William... Bill, <laughs> Willie, Bill, you go by many <laughs> names. I know. Uh, how's it going? I am well. I'm glad to hear it. I like it when my friends are well. Good. How are you? Oh, and by the way, congratulations uh, on your on your baby boy. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. I'm doing great. Where he's doing great as well as the wife. And uh, this is the first interview post baby so congratulations hey, to you congrats, oh, congratulations to you i did nothing yeah. well you showed <laughs> you're the, up you're the you're the one who i'm sure that the baby's eating and pooping and all the all the good stuff so congratulations to oh. the diaper changing and he is a, a machine <laughs> he's an expert at all those things uh, amazingly <laughs> enough um it's as if it was you know, in his DNA or whatever. Yeah. Um, but enough yes, about me. Let's talk about you okay. and how okay. you got wrapped up in the world oh, of theme man. park. Uh, but it, it all started back in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I think the first theme park that I did was Universal Studios in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, I uh, was I was a Green Goblin. The one of the the last uh, the last group of green goblins that came in. I've I've been an improv troupe in L.A. Uh, working with a group that and we created our own group called Improvanopolis. Mm-hmm. And I get a call. I was up uh, for a weekend at, in with my with my ex-wife and her family. We were up in uh, San Luis Obispo area, mm-hmm. and I got a call from a friend saying, "Hey, come down. Let's go to this uh, one of the girls in my." improv troupe said come on down there's a audition for universal studios for Mm -hmm. for actors for various things and i said "Ah, i don't know i never really thought about doing it but she said just come on down we'll it'll we'll have a laugh we'll you know wait in line and just crack each other up kind of like we do and and then uh i ended up going in had no idea what i was going to audition for Mm -hmm. and i auditioned for one was green goblin Mm -hmm. Um, and there were a couple others and I can't remember which ones, but I made it through, obviously I made it through and, and got cast as a, as a new alternate for Green Goblin. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but before we get yeah. to the specifics about that audition, uh, how long have you been a, a performer? Uh, perform, uh, in any sense of the word? Yeah. Actor, Prob- improver. Like when did you decide you wanted to entertain people? When did I want to entertain people? Probably, you know, I did it as a kid mm-hmm. in just, you know, your all school play. We had four all school plays. Mm-hmm. I come from, uh, uh, one of the flyover States, which I was just back home uh, in South Dakota. Nice. And you know, it's not, there's not a huge acting community there. What? what it's, yeah, yes. It's, especially when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did do the occasional, we had like our yearly sketch thing for mm-hmm. um, Homecoming. Sure. And then and then we had an all-school play, and I really enjoyed it. But then I, I was, when I left school, I just, it was never even a thought mm-hmm. that I was going to be an actor. So I ended up going and I have a, I got a bachelor's and master's degree in plastics engineering. Oh, okay. So, so then it's like, well, how did that lead to acting? 
Um, well, my first job was in California. And then when I was in California, in the back of my head, I thought, you know, maybe I'll take an acting class. I'm in California. This is the place where people, I'm near Los Angeles. Sure. And, and I decided in 2000, I think it was around 2002, mm-hmm. I took my first improv class. Oh, no, no, acting, intro to acting class. Mm-hmm. And then that led to another, an improv class and then one more acting class. And then I just started doing community theater uh, in my spare time as much as I could do. Cool. Still as an engineer, still, mm-hmm. still working as a full-time engineer, but doing wow. that all, um, just as much as I could. So yeah. you weren't an engineer by the time you auditioned for universal Hollywood. By then were you just no. like, I'm done with the engineering life. It's an actor's life for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yes. I, I think I had been full, what I considered full time. Cause I had quit my job as an engineer in 2003 mm-hmm. and then so it wasn't long after I ended up quitting and then I haven't worked in that industry except for like a part-time job here or there just to, to kind of make ends meet sure. but I think by that time by the time I auditioned for Universal I had it'd been about three years of student films mm-hmm. trying to get the you know commercial auditions the occasional play uh, things like that yeah and so during that whole time, you never thought, or maybe you just weren't aware of, uh, you know, maybe I'll go audition at Universal? Yeah, no, not even, because I didn't grow up in a place, I know a lot of my friends who did uh, a lot of theme park work, grew up in areas mm-hmm. like Florida, or or maybe they grew up in California and knew of, of theme parks. I never went to a theme park as a kid. Uh, my family, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. so... It, it was just not even a not even a question. Nature uh, was your theme park. Yeah, nature was my theme. <laughs> Pick and rock was my theme park. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> nice. Go into go into a field and pick all the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Then see how fast you can do it the next time. <laughs> and see, exactly, and then yeah, and then go judge this land or or you know. Uh, Drink this milk. You know that scene in uh, Napoleon Dynamite oh, where they're yeah. d- drinking the milk. I used to do. I was a dairy dairy judger for the FFA in in high school. Mm-hmm. So so fun. so fun. <laughs> From dairy foods judging to improv actor. Well, that's awesome. So you're at uh, Universal Studios audition for the Green yep. Goblin. Do you remember what they made you do or what you uh, had to yeah, do? Yeah, they. They had us come in, and you know the the classic. What I love about a good old fashioned audition at a theme park is, they the casting is like the the eight people come into the room, mm-hmm. and then you have to sit there and watch each other. <laughs> so so yeah, that's how, number- yeah they, they do it that way at Universal Hollywood, but it wasn't that way at least. Uh, back when I was auditioning for Universal Orlando, it was just you mm. completely alone with like a table of. Uh, six to eight people you're missing out when when i did every audition i think i ever did in hollywood was it was two lines of it was like a either one or two lines of people so the auditioners actually outnumbered the casting which it sounds like you you had the opposite i don't know which is worse yeah well i mean i had my taste of auditions at universal hollywood as well so i mean i was just sort of taken aback i'm like you're going to have me audition in front of the competition? Are you insane? <laughs> I don't uh, want them to have my ideas. Yeah, exactly. 
yeah, yeah. for and it's for all of them like i've been to multiple auditions yeah and they're all just a big bunch of people there and yeah you, know, you just get yeah. used to it i guess and i think you know what i think my audition um i want to say it was at the it was at a dance studio, one of those famous dance studios in, in North Hollywood. It wasn't even on the property. Oh, I feel yeah. like this was, what was that? There was a, there was a couple uh, dance studios. I forget. But big space, big dance studio. Mm-hmm. They had us all come in and basically just do a little improv. Do mm-hmm. a little, do the character voice. Um, just kind of get up and interact. And then what they did is they... No, no. First off, they just had us. What's your name? Right. What roles are you going to audition for? And you know how they'll make that first cut. Basically, they'll they kind of look at you. It's sure. not even about your acting, and so it, they make it easy on themselves in that sense of right. they just immediately cut. Okay, you're too tall. You're too short. Mm-hmm. You don't. You know. You don't have the right look for this. Right. So they made that first pass. I think mm-hmm. we all got numbers, and then you know what happens. Like I'd say three quarters of the people. It kind of are cut out just in that initial, just because they're not quite right for the right. the role, the look. Yeah, because that's you know that's a big thing in theme parks. It's a it's a lot about just the look. It's a big part of entertainment. <laughs> it is the look. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so then they what did they do? Yeah, they I think they had us just uh, do our do the Green Goblin. So I. I didn't. I didn't have anything prepared. Didn't even know. So I just. I just went back into the little memory banks of my childhood, and I was a big fan of Spider-Man, and I watched Spider-Man and Amazing Friends. Mm-hmm. So I. I was a. I think I was a. I was always a fan of the comic book characters, but never was into like collecting or anything like that. But just enjoyed Shame on you. The, but yes. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it enjoyed. I enjoy. I could talk enough about it, but I wasn't like you know, super, super, super well, I into always, I collecting. I knew you were a poser. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I think I just got in there and did, you know, just did classic old school uh, Green Goblin. Uh-huh. Just, uh, you know, I think they might have had some dialogue or, you know, I'll, I'll get you, Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> you know, nice. like, whatever, whatever yeah. the um, old I, I did in the moment. And, yeah, I, I think they got. I think they picked two of us. Mm-hmm. So it was me and another kid. Wow. And then they picked a couple of Spider Mans. I I came. I was on boarded with a couple of Spider Mans, and a, I think it, me and another Green Goblin. So. What do you think of uh, Spider Man Two? Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> in joke, in joke. Spider Spider Man. Spider Man Two. <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Oh, I can't I can't wait until we get to diddling the bits. Oh no. Yeah, sorry. Foreshadowing for sure. Foreshadowing. Okay. Foreshadowing. So we'll diddle later. You are now a full-fledged employee of uh, um, Universal Studios Hollywood. Um yep, how yep. how did you find it? Uh I enjoyed it. You know, it was it was uh there was a little bit of how do I want to say this? We so one thing that you have to do in Universal Hollywood. I don't know if any of the people you've talked to have said this. You have to join AGVA. Oh yep, I'm aware of that. Okay, so you have to because they're this somehow a long whenever, <laughs> way <laughs> long time ago during mm-hmm. the Wild West show or something. They basically AGVA. It's the only group of people outside of like 
and it's called the American Guild of Variety Artists, mm-hmm. that uh, it's, it's like this little pocket in Hollywood, and you have to join it. So I think your first uh, paychecks go towards paying this like $700, I think at the time, or something, whatever, yep. you know, the, the fee. The mm-hmm. fee uh, of kind of like uh, same as SAG or uh, sure. equity. There's there's always like a fee, that initial fee, and then and then you have dues. Right. So so uh, so I found it to be they were, you know, they were pretty, uh, like a you know how equity is. They were very to the rules. They stuck to it. Mm-hmm. As long as you as long as you showed up on time, listened to people, you, you there was no issues. Right. No issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just show up on time, make sure that you're not missing a set. You go out there, you, you do your thing. Uh, they, I found them. We, we did the, the process. I think one of the guys who taught us the whole, because this was my first time ever doing, doing anything like this and mm-hmm. being a character in front of people. Right. Uh, that we did our, you know, you go into a little room and everybody's got to line up and then you pretend to have your little five seconds with the, the audience, mm-hmm. but in a, in a fake way, you know, they right. pretend to be a kid or a parent or sure. and you take the photo. So that's, that's what we learned. And then they just threw it. I think we did that a couple times and then they, they were like, okay, now you have to go out and do your, your initial set, your 45 minute set. And I think that's what we were on was like 45 minute sets. Wow. That's, that's what my memory, if memory serves, we would go out for that long. Cool. Uh, any particular fond memories or wacky stories from your days as Green Goblin? Oh, let me think. Uh, well, one thing that stuck, did stick out at Universal, which I always loved. Oh, I have a couple, um, but they kind of tie into each other. Sure. The, the, it's a tapestry uh, of hilarity. <laughs> the, the fact that we got to drive these motor, it was a motorcade. Mm-hmm. So at Universal, you had, they had the, the, the Marvel motorcade. Mm-hmm. And Green Goblin drove a gator which is one of those green, it's like a six-wheel, it's not a four-wheeler, it's like a six-wheeler, mm-hmm. has a back-end little truck, and it, my, so the Green Goblin got to drive and be the apex of this motorcade. Right. And in the back, it looked like there was huge, it was just plumb full of uh, pumpkin bombs. Nice. And, and we had to come out of the gate. The guys would open the gate up, and this wasn't all the time. Sometimes we'd walk on set, but sometimes we, most of the time, we would all drive out, stop, jump up, do a pose. Like everybody would get up on there. Somehow, Spider Man would get on the seat of his little four wheeler that looked like Spider Man. Mm-hmm. You know, it was decked out in Sp- Spider Man. And then Storm, she had one. Wolverine had one. Uh, Captain America had sure. his. And then, I, and then I was as Green Goblin. And so we all struck a pose. Mm-hmm. So one time in particular. The park was kind of dead, and I go out, and I, we, we do our little apex. I jump up on my thing, and there's maybe like two or three families taking pictures. But there was one family in particular, and I look at the kid, and I'm like, how do I know this kid? Mm-hmm. I, his face looked familiar, but, but not like in a familiarity that I – but I'm like – and I, it hit me. I was like – then I looked at his family, and it was my cousin <laughs> – who I didn't know was coming to the park from Oregon. Nice. On a family trip. So I said something to the kid. And then 
And but I couldn't remember because I he was like a younger cousin. He was maybe five years old, mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember his name. But I said something, and then I could tell my cousin was like, "What is this guy? Who is this guy talking? Or what is he talking about?" So I got in my next break. I called my my mom, who then called my uh, cousin, mm-hmm. his sister in South Dakota, and then she messaged him, and I said, "Hey, I'm in the park." I'm Green Goblin. Let's let's kind of play a joke on your son. Mm, no uh, so so I said, bring him around. I'm on my next set. So I basically, I said, let me guess your name. And I, you know, I guessed his name, and the kid is just he's just totally blown away by this. And we got some great photos. Um, it, it was just a, it was, and then afterwards we ended up we ended up meeting up and having uh, in an out burger. Ah, oh, that's that's a yeah. nice story. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It's always fun when family kind of shows up when you're at your theme park. I always think that's one of my favorite, yeah. favorite things. I hope to experience to... that someday. Uh, I, <laughs> no, I, hope, that, I hope you do too. It happened once, just not in any role that I was particularly proud of. But mm. <laughs> but anyway. Um, you mean nobody visited you in Singapore? <laughs> <laughs> I know. No. But no, that's the way I mean, I, my family, there's, I had in, in all the years I was ever in Singapore, I had a cousin who was on a business trip because mm-hmm. he's, he's in, um, like computer, something with computers, computers. And, uh, he came by and saw it. That was the first time somebody came by and saw in Singapore, which was cool. It was cool. The other thing that I think that's cool about theme parks is days when it rains, like there are days when it rains mm-hmm. and you don't, because I never was a, I never was around theme parks, didn't really go to them. When you'd, you'd have these days, I remember one day it was raining, but you still had to go out and they gave you this big, basically a poncho or a rain jacket, but it was your, it had the green, it was my colors. Right. It was the green goblin colors. So it was really cool, but we just w- ran around and slid in the water with like our sh- had these little sh- you know, shoes that were kind of slippery on the bottom and just mm-hmm. running around trying to find people. Right. So they would they would kind of say you got to stay in this area, but if no one's there, you can kind of move around. But they kind of have a designated area. Mm-hmm. So we were running around just trying to find people, and um, that that was always fun. The other thing that was fun was people loved to play tricks on their friends. Oh sure. With with you, mm-hmm. they they would see you, and they would their friends back would be to you as as Green Goblin, and then they would see you, and they'd be like, hey, and they would like point at the friend and then you would do something like get really close and then they would they would say hey look at that and then the face would be straight right with yours it i love being a bad guy i thought being being a bad guy in a costume that moved really well was my favorite it was it was you had you could do whatever you wanted there wasn't you didn't have to stay in the line like spider-man mm-hmm. he always had to be in the line and there was a line of kids but as green goblin i could just get out of get out of the pictures and go pick on people in the audience nice. in the in the line. So yeah. and then take photos with them, kind of keep keep things because they'd be in long lines for Spider Man. So I sure. just kind of play around with people. Yeah, I thought it was great. I loved it. I'm I'm. It was a bummer that it ended after six months because um, they lost the rights to uh, the Marvel characters. Oh, and so that answers my next question: Is yeah, how long? All right, so six months, and then. So what happened? Did you just show up at work and they were like, uh, we have nothing for you or how did it go? How did it go uh, down? 
No, actually, they, they were pretty open. They said, you know, this is what's happening. Even when we were hired, they said, we're in negotiations. It's We don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, you know, I need some I th- th- I need some work. I need and the pay was pretty good. Sure. Um, and because I was like the initial person there, they have this whole hierarchy there where there's the the number one Spider-Man, the number right. two, and usually it's how long they've been there and their performance. Mm-hmm. So you're on the end, but the nice thing is, is during a week, you might only be scheduled for one day, but then people might call in and say, hey, I'm going to this audition. Right. Could you could you cover for me? Sure. And as long as sometimes you'd have to, if you accepted it, you had to make sure you were there on time. Right. Uh, putting makeup on because we had to wear like green uh, green makeup around our eyes. Get mm. your co- collect your costume and get out on set. And sure. If you were you had a a little bit of a window, but you just had to had to um, get out there. Uh, so I knew about it, so it wasn't a surprise. But before that ended, one cool thing happened. I was walking out of work one day, and was tired because it's it was a full-on it was hot and it was sure but it, it, it and you you really gave your i always put a lot of energy into it and i was walking out and there was an audition for bill and ted's excellent halloween adventure mm-hmm. in there and i walked past the sign because i thought oh i'm just i'm too tired i well i don't even know what this is and then i i literally got to the it's like that classic movie got to the base of the steps and I was like, ah, you're in L.A. to, to work. Right. Just go on. Just go see what they want. You know, what's required. Right. Just see what they want. Yeah. So I got I got in line and uh, there wasn't a huge line. And I started asking some of the people, what is the show? Mm-hmm. They explained that it had been uh, kind of a staple in, in Orlando for years. Yep. And that they were bringing it to, I think it may have been in Hollywood at one point, but then they were bringing it back. Mm-hmm. It had been gone for a lot of years. So, so I was like, yeah, okay, well, they said just bring in a comic monologue, uh, and if you want to do like an impression of Ted or Bill, you can. Mm-hmm. So if you can guess, guess who I uh, I did an impression of. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. The internet's oh, yeah. favorite son. Yes, the internet's favorite. My friend and I were just talking about that, just how much he's blown up on the internet right now. Yeah. Um, everybody loves him. So I did, at the time I was doing an audition, or I was doing a uh, class in Shakespeare. So I had a, all I had on my, that was fresh in my mind was Shakespeare monologue. Mm-hmm. And so I did a, a, a monologue as Ted. Nice. And... We know we're in that whole formation. We get, we, you know, go through the thing. Now, what was new about this audition? So, when they put us in the line, then they had us all basically, I think it was three layers deep. It was like five, five, and five. Mm-hmm. And the first five would go, then they would go to the back, the next five would come up, then it would be five and five. So, it was like 15 per set because at the end of all that, we had to sit there and watch all these. But at the end of it, we had to do a dance choreo number. No. Because Bill and Ted's is very dance heavy. Everybody sure. in it in it is like a character, but then everybody dances, right? Right. So I do my, my monologue, and the, the guy running it loved it. His name was Greg mm-hmm. uh, Berkheimer, and he was laughing, and he said, hold on, wait, wait one second. He runs around to the other side where they were doing another concurrent audition set, 
and he brought the casting director, the other casting director over there and said, can you do it again? Mm-hmm. And so I did, and they was like, oh, great, cool. You know, the, the, even, even the, he, the, he was laughing, the other people in the group were laughing. And, and uh, so then I made it through that round, and then we had to do the dance thing, and I thoroughly sucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have, too, if I was there. Oh my goodness! But I I gave it a go, and then uh, long story long, they I was cast nice. in that in that group, and uh, that became that was a that was kind of a game that was a game changer that one right there. Yeah, and what were you cast as? Uh, I was ca- cast as Siler from Heroes uh-huh. because because it's very pop culture. Uh, uh, if people don't know what Bill and Ted's is, it's they usually over the year they make pop culture references, weave it into a story of good and evil, mm-hmm. and Bill and Ted, you know, using the phone booth, save the day somehow, you know, going through time and stuff. Sure. So, so I was um, at the beginning, we were all uh, military, like Navy, dressed in like Navy garb. Then we had to do a quick change, and then I became Siler from. Mm-hmm. From, from Heroes, and then at the end I played uh, the lead singer for, I lip-synced My Chemical Romance Black Parade. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that sound right? Um, yeah. I forget that. I forget that singer's name. Sure. So that, that was, and I initially, they do a lot of, uh, they, can, they only have so many microphones. Mm-hmm. So initially, we all had to go into a booth and record all of our dialogue. Mm-hmm. I had to lip sync basically to my dialogue, and then for some reason, either they, somebody else, they decided to take to to not have a microphone, or they got somehow they had an extra one. So mm-hmm. I got a micro, so I got a microphone. So I was live for for the show because I was like one of the main bad guys in a way. Right. It was me and a couple, me and Britney Spears, uh, Lindsay Lohan. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Uh, my year, there was as well like the Transform Optimus Prime. They had this really, really tall, six foot, like seven guy play Optimus Prime, and he mm. was brilliant. Yeah, no, it was it was a whole lot of fun. Kind of met a group of people that I still keep in touch with, and it actually it's it it led to meeting you. That's oh, did it That's, now? Yes, How, yes, it did. Do tell what? So what <laughs> happened after Bill and Ted wrapped? Okay, so Bill and Ted, what I ended up finding out is a lot of the people in Bill and Ted had worked together in Orlando mm-hmm. and had worked with this director. So I kind of came in, me and a couple other people were the kind of the fi- the new newbies or the new mm-hmm. kind of finds from L.A. Other sure. people had, had a track record. So we had a great group of people, had a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so then at the end of it, he basically just said, keep in touch. Uh, so, so I did. Mm-hmm. He we there was a Christmas party that happened. Uh, I think later, either the that year no, it was either that year or the next year. I forget. There some time time in there had passed, and he said, um, "I'm heading to Singapore. Mm-hmm. Keep in touch. You were going to need people to come, kind of be the opening cast. So just just keep that in the back of your head. Right. And and I did. I did. <laughs> Yeah, and then that's how I met. That's how I, I know we're fast forwarding a few years, but that's when you and I started to diddle. 
later, later. We're yes, jump, yes. We'll get to the diddling soon enough. But <laughs> that show ended in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, yeah, at the end of October because it was a Halloween show. It was just a little stint. Um, and then I think only about a month later, the contract for uh, Green Goblin ended. So then I, you know, was, I was done there. Mm-hmm. But then I had booked. What ended up happening was while I was on that contract or in, well, I remember rehearsing or not, not rehearsing, doing the show. I auditioned for Walking with Dinosaurs, the oh. North America, the North American tour. Okay. Now I know it's not a theme park, but it is a, it is a, it was a live show mm-hmm. with puppeteering, like like big big suit puppeteering, and it was kind of kid theme. Oh, it was no, it kid counts, and family based. Yeah. Yeah. So so I ended up. I remember the day I went into this audition and I got done with that audition it was so sore mm-hmm. because the whole audition was a physical, they basically tested you physically right. to see if you could, cause the suit weighed about a hundred pounds mm-hmm. and it was very physical. So I remember going to the back to the show that night and I had to run up several flights of stairs throughout the show. Yeah, I was so sore. I could barely get up. Barely. Oh, no. I was, I was having a tough time for a couple days running the stairs to get to my, um, get to my places and queue, queue spots. But I should, I think, I think it's interesting. I should tell you about the, so the audition for walking with dinosaurs was literally, we were in a big warehouse Mm -hmm. and again, it's this, they just said, and it was a lot of, it was the, probably the most I've ever auditioned with. Wow. It was, let's say, I want to say like 30 people. Mm-hmm. Maybe that might even be, it, it was probably around that. So 30 people, they said, okay, what you got to do is you in it. So they had a little casting, people casting, they numbered us all. And then they said, okay, come out, say your name, say what kind of your background is in, in fitness or whatever. And then we had to do all these physical tests. Mm-hmm. So the first one was we had to do 10 pistols per leg. Mm-hmm. Um, basically just a pistol squat and that's where you put one foot out and then you just have to do a one-legged squat down um down to the ground and then up mm-hmm. on each leg just in in succession right so i'd never done a pistol squat before <laughs> and you know some of the people in this group were they look like bodybuilders right um there were men and women uh so it was but it was very interesting. So everybody starts doing this thing and people are cheering for each other. Mm-hmm. They're like, come on, you got this. It was like, it was like we were in a gym session. Sure. It was really funny. People were like, you got this. You, like, people would get to like seven and their legs would start shaking. <laughs> like, come on, you got this. Mm-hmm. Or, they, or they couldn't do it. And they'd be like, oh, you, good job. So we got through that first thing. And basically they said, okay, number you know, number 25 stay, number 42 stay, number, you know, 60 whatever stay. And I think we were the second day of it and it was up to like, we were in the, I want to say we were in the high like seventies by that time, the numbers. Mm -hmm. So, so I made that first round and then, uh, what was next? We had to do, oh, then we came in and we did 10 or 50, 15 10 count burpees mm-hmm. so it's like we have to drop to the floor do the full push-up slap your hands and then or then jump up in the air and but the way he wanted them done was he wanted to see the explosion so he had knees to chest 
Mm-hmm. So Ooh. everybody, so, so again, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. So everybody, um, starts doing this. It goes down the line and, and I got through it. And then mm-hmm. they said, okay, number, number this day, number this day, number this day. Cause some people would get through the full 15, but barely. Uh, so then they just, they were just cutting people. Mm-hmm. So then I made it through that round. Then the third thing we did was, uh, we had to do a three and a half minute wall sit. Yeah. If it, have you ever done one of those? Yeah, they're rough. Yeah. So so the way it was is like they start the timer and they said if you fall off the wall, if you come off the wall, you know, you you're done. <laughs> so so it's literally just okay, can you do this thing? And this is after doing these two so we did this three and a half minute wall sit. I mm-hmm. think one or two guys fell out of that, but then it was down to like five or six of us mm-hmm. who's who who still made it. So they said, Okay, we're gonna take a break. We'll come back, get your running shoes on. We're going to do a, um, we're going to do this one, like a beep, they call it a beep test. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a running test. So we take a break. By this time, the lactic acid is building up in my, I can feel it. I'm like, oh my, I, I just am starting to feel sore. Cause I had, I had really hadn't been working out a ton at that, at, just in that, you know, in that span. Right. Um, you know, you tr- I tr- tried to stay in shape, but I wasn't really, I was just kind of doing a little bit here, a little bit there. Sure. So we come back and we do this, we do this beep test. So we had to go from, it's the test that they do in Australia for high school, but then they also do it for, you know, soccer teams, things like that. We'll do this as a test of where your athleticism or where your mm-hmm. um, in, endurance is at. So they said, you have to go from level eight to level 12. So we start, we didn't start at level one. We just started at level eight, which is kind of a nice jog right and then it it gets increasingly faster and faster so it's about seven minutes of i think it was all in all it was about seven minutes of running but it just got faster and faster wow and he said you know if you don't keep up you're 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 done you're out like if you can't keep up with the beeps you're out so i i'm going at first i'm good good get to like a level 10 and I start just, I'm like, oh, feeling it, feeling it, level 11. And I'm just not quite keeping up with the beeps. Mm-hmm. And there's other people who aren't either. And they stop and they stop. You know, they just start walking around. And for some reason, I was like, well, I'm just going to keep trying to keep up with these things. Mm-hmm. So I'm always a little behind the beep, but I didn't stop. I didn't stop the whole time. But I didn't, I wasn't making the beeps. I was, I was, I was lagging a little right. bit. So at the end, they do uh, a measurement. So that's so all that stuff is done. And they actually say, we're going to keep you because we like the fact that you didn't give up. Ooh, the old, uh, you didn't give up <laughs> test. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I think it was, so, so then they, they measured people and if, like, I thought this was quite funny. Normally they'll do the measurements at the beginning and weed everybody out. But there was one dude who was, they said you were supposed to be at least five ten and a half uh-huh. or something and, or five eleven, And one of the guys was obviously not that, mm-hmm. but they let him do this whole thing. And at the oh. end they cut him, they cut him for that. Oh, that is evil. <laughs> I thought that was great. They were almost like, well, it, we said this height, so don't come in if you're not it. And <laughs> It turns out I was just a little, like, just the tiniest, tiniest bit too short. Mm-hmm. But then, but then they were like, ah, go. They they let me through. 
Nice. So then, so then they said, come back the next day. So it, I think it came down to out of my group, me and another guy made it. Mm-hmm. So the next day they brought us back in and we got to, we got to wear the dinosaur suit. Oh, nice. So I get into this dinosaur suit and it, and the, the one guy's kind of helping me. He's explaining stuff to me. And as a joke, I show up wearing kind of like a, I thought it'd be kind of funny because uh, I wore bib overalls, mm-hmm. like a farmer bib overall mm-hmm. with, with like running shorts underneath that were like, like real running shorts, like real short, mm-hmm. like super short, like little running, <laughs> running shorts that show kind of like, it's like you, all your legs, everything. Yeah. Nut cutters. I, yeah. Nut cutters. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I show up in like um, these these this bib overalls and running shirt, and then like these shorts underneath. And then when they they said, "Okay, it's your turn," I take off the bib overalls, and they're just um, I have pretty big hamstrings mm-hmm. and thighs. They, I've I've had friends in the past call me thighsmen uh, <laughs> instead of instead of landsmen, mm-hmm. and my hamstrings are pretty good are big. So I they were. They were just laughing. I could tell that the, they, they, I kind of wanted to do it as just kind of a joke. But <laughs> so I get into this dinosaur suit and I got these little short shorts on. So you, all you see is the legs sticking out. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was kind of comical. But I get into this thing and I've always loved dinosaurs. Yeah, who doesn't? So I, I, who doesn't? I get into this thing and I'm sore from the next, the day before. But I thought this is the best. I just, I was like, I, I felt like it became a little dinosaur. <laughs> nice. So I'm like smelling, smelling the, the air. I, I think in my head I'm in a green meadow and mm-hmm. I'm running around, but I see a butterfly and I try and chase the little butterfly. This is all in my head. Right. Um, and I'm playing around with the different levels and the angles and it was funny, the guy who got in it before me was really, uh, he was really strong, but mm-hmm. he was really, he didn't puppeteer it at all. It just looked like an, it looked like a, it didn't look like anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so they said, so I, so I booked it. I booked it, nice. uh, booked, booked the job. Um, and they said, they said you were a little too short. You weren't fast enough. But they said when you got in and puppeteered it, you puppeteered it like better than anyone had ever had ever gotten into one before, nice. just off the off the bat. And I was like, so. And they go, we liked it, something, and you made us laugh with your shorts. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, how long uh, were you with Walking with Dinosaurs? So I was just Walking with Dinosaurs for just under. It was eight eight months. Mm-hmm. Eight months, but I had a month into it. I got into the suit and got into a show, the quickest anybody had because they had a, a string of injuries, mm-hmm. and and so they they were. I was like, I think I'm ready to get in. Well, I was in a show and in Vancouver, British Columbia, and I'd been in the suit for maybe a week and a half, mm-hmm. and I go out on stage. My foot got caught on a tail of a dinosaur that was on the ground mm-hmm. and, and I tripped oh. and I, I, I landed squarely on my knee no, and, no. 
and I I heard it I heard it pretty bad. Like mm-hmm. I had a huge egg on the my patella. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if it would have been if I would have left the tour at that point, it would have been fine. But I had about a month off, and then I went back into the show, and then I stayed on it for about six months. And these suits were really quite uh, heavy, mm-hmm. hundred pounds, and cumbersome. We did a lot of training. I ended up the, the just that the the contusion of it and the the, the use of it. I ended up uh, really injuring really injuring my knee because oh. I I ended up favoring it too much. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got to a point where. The knee ended up not being a problem anymore, but then my hip and my lower back and stuff, which oh, no. that's been 12 plus years and I still have, uh, it still bothers me. Oh, that's too bad. So yeah. when, when something like that happened, was there, uh, did they take care of you? Like what exactly happened after, after that? Well, once you, I stayed in the show and they tried, you know, they were, they, I would, we had a masseuse we had we could sometimes we could go to chiropractor we could mm-hmm. i saw some physios i tried icing it myself i tried doing as much self-care as i could mm-hmm. then when i got then when i left i did i had to file a workers comp ah. and in unemployment and i did that for i went to a physio for quite a like six months mm-hmm. st- straight and was on unemployment um it was tough i'll tell you it was it was depressing I bet. Like it, it. Uh, I remember being in a, in a, in a. This is probably getting really serious, but I remember being in the doctor's office, and the doctor's like, he's like, this should be fixed, and I'm like, I know. I, I wish it was. I wish the pain wasn't still there, and I wasn't still, um, it, like, I, I think he thought I was trying to fake it, but I was like, I want to go back to the show. Mm. Like I, I love doing that show. Like it was yeah. one of my favorite, um, favorite shows to do because it was just, it was a great group of guys, great. Uh, group of um, people to work with. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the, the the lifestyle, and I really enjoyed the show. It was just really fun to do. But unfortunately, that was kind of a cloud. Uh, it, it, it kind of plagued me for for most of the time there. Mm. Yeah. So, but just as that door closed, the door mm. to Singapore opened. Is that kind of how it went? It about actually. Yes. I was. I was. I was in LA still. Um, my wife at the time was finishing up school. Mm-hmm. Or no, not wife at the time. Around that time, that so we were. I was still in that. We ended up getting married mm-hmm. in 2009, and then that was in July, June of 2009. By October of 2009, we we moved to Singapore. Nice. And it kind of so it all kind of matched up in that like I was just getting to the end of my workman's comp and mm-hmm. unemployment, and in the job that I was going to. Uh, so so yeah, I stayed in touch with uh, the guy Greg, and he messaged me one day saying, "Hey, can you do any of these things on this list?" Mm-hmm. And there was like singing, dancing, Dracula, di- you know, different things and. One of them was Donkey from Shrek. Do the voice for Donkey from Shrek. And I looked at it and I thought, well, of all these things, I, I don't know if I could do an Eddie Murphy impersonation, but I think I could. Right. So that, so that was the one that, um, which I'm sure you had a very similar thing. They called us up. They said, okay, we're going to call you. When you call, we'll talk to you for a little bit, but just be answer as Donkey. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll just hang up, and that'll that's kind of kind of your audition. I think I think we put in a tape too. I think I had to do record a little thing, but then they wanted to hear us 
live. Right. Well, see, I think by the time we in Orlando got wind of the whole Universal Singapore thing, uh, they were already pretty desperate. <laughs> so all I had to do was uh, send in an, an MP3, basically, in my headshot and resume. And then they offered me the job that way. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That <laughs> 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 it led to the diddling. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it did. Um, we're, so we're almost there. We are so close to the diddling. We are. When you first showed up in Singapore, like, what did you think? Oh my gosh, I still remember it. I remember it pretty clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me let's just let's just go back. So yeah, moving to another country. Mm-hmm. It, when you've never done theme park, like I'd only had that. Still at this point, I'd only had about a six month stint with theme parks. Sure. I I I'd, I'd done an internship out of the country in the in the Netherlands when I was in college, but. So I'm moving to another country. Mm-hmm. I've just recently, I've recently been married, uh, and we're, you know, trying to go back and forth with contracts. Mm-hmm. Housing was a bit up in the air. No one really knew what was happening with that. So a lot of us were just trying to keep in touch and say, "What's going on?" You know, this and so a lot of emails back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I'm showing up with. It's not just me. I'm showing up with my wife right. uh, in in tow. So so yeah, I remember that day they they picked us up. I think a bunch of us met at the airport. There was a guy named Corey that I had worked with in at Universal who was on. I think we met up in like Hong Kong, and then we were on the same flight from Hong Kong to or, or wherever the transfer it was Japan or whatever. I think mm-hmm. it was Hong Kong. We had the mm-hmm. same flight from Hong Kong, so we kind of met each other. I think we saw each other on the jetway at some point, and then we were like, okay, we'll see you there, and we, we ended up, a small group of us got together. Uh, we showed up, and I don't know what was... they. Yeah, they just put us on a bus and then took us to Hotel Re. Yo, the old Hotel Re. I had almost forgotten that, about that. <laughs> I think we were in one of the Maryland rooms and we got put into this tiniest little room with two beds. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were pretty jet lagged and oh, yeah. that became, that became, that was our home for about a month. Yep. And I think we were on the, uh, cause I was in a Maryland uh, room as well. I think we were on the same floor. Mm. Um, you and I were. I'm trying to think of when we first, cause a bunch of us, who knew each other. I think we, we probably all went out for a meal at some point. I remember going to like chimes with, See, a, yeah. with a big group. I don't know if you were in on that. I probably on that or, wasn't because I didn't know anyone. I, I knew right. absolutely no one showing up. And um, yeah. I think I remember probably the first time I met you guys was the first like mandatory meetup of some kind. And then we just mm. went back to our rooms, never to speak again till the next <laughs> mandatory meeting. Um, right. But um, but yeah, that's that's how it was. Yeah, and I remember those fir- that first month. It was really nothing much going on. Nope. Then then you know we I think we all kind of got together as donkeys, so we mm-hmm. would have met at that point. I remember. <laughs> Gosh, we we had so many different directors. There were so many people in charge of the group. Sure, no one really knew what was going on. The script was pretty uh, constantly changing. Yeah. Constantly changing. 
it was written without, you know, once we got there, we knew that there were, there were, then there was talk of, well, we need to make it kind of local. So then it became a lot of, and I'm jumping ahead, but I remember that time we all sat in a circle up on Emily Hill near uh, Little India. Mm-hmm. That was our first, that was the first place that we would go to. Oh yeah, uh, the first rehearsal. So basically what you're saying is that we were in rehearsal for a long, long time. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't do a whole lot for a long, long time. We couldn't because like our venue just wasn't ready, even though ours was one of the first ones that was ready, if yeah. I remember correctly. Oh, it was. But I think part of it was when our when our venue did get ready, then, like you said, the rest of the park, remember we used to have to get hard hats and mm-hmm. they, we were issued hard hats, uh, vests, and uh, steel toe boots mm-hmm. just to get to our venue. Yep. And I remember that first time walking through there, walking through a construction zone that seemed, it was literally like they just threw people at this place. Yes. It, it was like they just threw people and I've never seen a construction zone so crazily chaotic. It was like just ants everywhere, just everything, a forklift, this guy over, oh, it was nuts. Yep. And uh, went through it all again in Dubai, but <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's skipping way ahead. Oh my goodness! There's so yeah, there's so much, there's so much. So, so you, yeah, we so you so now we're up to the date of uh, you and I working. So we're working as donkeys. Yeah, and like basically, and, I think when you and I really started to bond was when they like <laughs> basically split up the rehearsal groups into like the A group and the B group. Um, and cause basically they needed the people who were, you know, better to be able to do the show for, you know, the producers and stuff, uh, the people from universal or whatever. So yep. it was like you, me, uh, Dell and, and Brian Doss. Yeah. Brian yeah. Dawson. And then yeah. an assorted assortment of hosts and, uh, and yeah. And then we just sort of tried to work it out from there. Yeah, and remember we had we had a, a guy from Universal Hollywood, uh, uh, Sean. Sean, he was great. He's still he there. In. Yeah, he. I've oh. I've run into him a few times at Universal. He's still donkey. Yep, he is every oh, now wow. and then. Yep. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So so he came and trained us because he had been a donkey for. He was in the donkey cart when I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I had met him maybe you know in passing, uh, a couple times in the green room so now we're in singapore right Mm -hmm. you and i we've met we've started to diddle yes we've uh, diddled which (laughs) i mean maybe we should explain that i think i think think you should i've been talking a lot you explain diddling the bits and i'll i mean that was basically just our way of saying that we were gonna (laughs) rehearse over (laughs) the most i don't know perverted way of saying that we were gonna rehearse like the bits because as a donkey, you had these little bits that you had to memorize yeah. that you had to do, uh, you know, with the audience or the guests or whatever you want to call them. And I don't know where the yeah. diddling came in. <laughs> well, I think, you know, we called it bits and you and I would just get into these funny little. Yeah. Uh, we would, we would. Um... <laughs> Can't even describe it. We would remember we would be. <laughs> we... <laughs> Kind of like we are right now. <laughs> kind of like we are right now. Just take the littlest whatever. It's like, well, time to. But my favorite part was it. It became 
a non-verbal thing when it just became that little sure. two finger. Yeah. <laughs> and the best part is that everyone became on board. Like every other donkey oh. and host, they knew exactly what we were talking about. Oh, totally. And we would we would just I to this day I could look at you and just with my two fingers. Mm-hmm. Just put them up almost like in a piece, but a little closer together, <laughs> yeah. and just wiggle them a little. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Yeah, uh, me too. So that that became well. It's time to, and you could just do that action, and we knew that it was time to diddle the bits. Yeah, it's just because like, oh, but, uh, I mean, it's because anyone. I think if anyone goes through as much rehearsal as we did, it would just grade on you mentally uh on your psyche and before you know it you've taken all the bits and like turned them into these horrible like perverted and uh disgusting things um i mean it's bound to happen oh totally and then i remember when we we had the original scripts and i think maybe some but a lot of them changed Mm, oh for sure because remember they kind of gave us they said you know, write kind of your own. So I remember we would kind of come up with some stuff, oh, yeah. you know, and the, 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 law, the law bit came up and then mm-hmm. it, it kind of came, oh, somebody would come in and do something and then somebody would kind of, oh, yeah, that that's kind of cool, but maybe uh, make it their own right. or or change it a little bit or improve on it. Yeah, which is what and you I should th- be doing, for sure. Right. And I think that that's what kind of happened by the time. So... Yeah, but we don't know. Because I did, I I did end up coming back, uh, and <laughs> twice I actually came back to do Donkey twice um, after. But but within that, remember we had we had uh, we had this. So we had multiple. We had a director, mm-hmm. Sean, mm-hmm. and Charlie came in, and then that's when we got divided kind of into the two groups. Right. Uh, but then Sean came back. We were mm-hmm. still kind of in those two groups, and then that's kind of Ch- uh, Sean. Kind of Charlie was only there a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, it was. And you know, Brian Dawson actually completely blocked out Charlie. Oh, like, I did not know that. I so I had a conversation with with Brian a, about a year or so ago, mm-hmm. maybe two years now, and I said, Yeah, yeah, I remember Sean and oh, what remember Charlie? And he's like, Who? I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, Charlie, remember the bald guy, Charlie, we have a picture with him. You, me, Seth, everybody was wearing bandanas. He's like, nope. He goes, I do not remember. I was like, that pretty much, sums, I think, sums it up. Um, yeah, yeah. I, don't I, think, I, mean, I just don't think he was the right guy for that particular job. No, I think, and again, I don't want to like, uh, you know, say any, but I just think it was, it was a, uh, I don't know if he had been in that type of work before. Yeah, but, um, well, uh, or, I think that's the thing with theme parks, especially our venue, is that unless you're already used to being in the business, then you really have no idea what to do with it. Yeah. It's like, what is the end? You know, what's the product? What are, what are you trying to, who's, who are the customers? And yeah. I think, and once you're kind of in the world, then it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, you know, I think people kind of have a, a, a theory, oh, oh, theme parks, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're in theme parks, but Funnily enough, I one thing that I at the time uh, was doing a lot of show, uh, I was doing a lot of like student films outside of work. But one of the things at the time I was thinking is like this concept of acting every day, mm-hmm. because when I was in L.A., you're auditioning every day 
and your your job is auditioning, but then mm-hmm. it's like you only you know book something every so often, or let's say you're taking an acting class, so you, you're getting to practice your acting, but we were getting it up in front of, I felt it was a little bit more like stand-up comedy in that sense, sure. yeah. or, or being a regular on an improv troupe, because mm-hmm. you you literally got to practice your, your and I want to, you know, kind of, if people use this term, craft, you're, yeah. you're practicing, you know, your shtick, if you will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I mean, it, uh, it sharpens your skills, for, for sure. Yeah. Oh, and your listening skills. And I would say that was one of the, and I'm sure you would agree on this, doing that gig of a Vactor system. Mm-hmm. And if people don't, I don't know if you've described to the audience what that is. It's basically a system where we have a, uh, an Xbox controller, mm-hmm. a, touch, uh, t- a touch screen. Um, we're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six. I think it's like six monitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, of various sizes, positions, and then they have cameras pointed at the audience mm-hmm. in different angles, and everything is in reverse because it's like a mirror image. Yeah. And you, when that first year, everything was we were hearing ourselves in the headset with a one-second delay. Yeah, there were so many technical difficulties at, at the beginning. So many technical difficulties, but then also it, it was such a brain drain. I remember, and Dell, one of the guys who was in our group, and people actually still always tell me the story. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the story where I got, I, I was back there, and Charlie's like, what's going on? Da, 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 and I just said, I need a minute. Mm-hmm. I do remember <laughs> that. So, I'm pretty sure I was um, there. Oh, you were there. Everybody mm-hmm. was there, and everybody laughed their butts off because... <laughs> I got, I got, I'm back there and you know, you, your brain would just fry out. Oh, it would. You have to multitask it, like there's no tomorrow. Totally. And, and my brain fried out and what, but what was funny, I didn't know this, but on the other side, I still had the headset on mm-hmm. and you see donkey and you know, Charlie's like, what's going on? What, why isn't he moving? And I just go, I'm just like trying to, in a calm voice, just be like, I just need a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they say, and then they said they all they see is donkey because donkey mm-hmm. was his lips were um, uh, he, he, they would activate based on uh, the what your you voice. Said, yeah. So we didn't have to ma- we didn't have to do the lips, which was a godsend. We just had to talk, and then it would kind of match up to the the consonants of your voice. Mm-hmm. So so they said that they just saw me, and I I did this deep sigh where I was like (sighs) (laughs) oh yeah I think that became one of the inside jokes too (laughs) there hasn't been a time where Seth loves telling that story Del loves telling that story because they said on the outside you see donkey's lips just go (sighs) and they just are fluttering but it's my it's my voice (laughs) <laughs> they they could everybody could picture me back there just being like probably red faced and just <sighs> oh good classic. stuff absolutely classic classic yeah. so we eventually got past rehearsal and then yep. it, I mean as you said I mean it was a great gig and I mean just a real fun role to do you get to basically mess with people every day yep. and get to hone your craft as an improver and a stand-up comedian 
And uh, how long was your first stint as Donkey? My first stint was uh, just, it was two contracts. Mm-hmm. So, so what two, was that? It was or two 13 month contracts. Yep. And yep. Uh, I remember what, oh, I'm left sorry. in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I left in November 2011. And uh, what made you want to duck out? Uh, at that point, I was, I was a bit, because, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on. I, 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 one of my favorite jobs by far, one mm. of my favorite gigs by far, as in, sure. as in Donkey was just, I remember that my last day, I, I, I actually did my last show because in the second contract, my, my ex-wife I became a host, so we got to do shows together, and mm. we, did our, we did our last shows together, I our last day of shows. Yep. yep, did our last day of shows together, and, and at the beginning of that last show, I started to get a little bit, uh, a little bit verklempt. A little mm-hmm. emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, held it together and then did the show. Had a great final show and then I just walked out, sat in the chair and and uh, wept. Oh wow! Wept like the sensitive man that I am. <laughs> wow! I don't know. I I wish that I would have wept. I didn't feel <laughs> anything by the time I was done. I was just. No. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> you were, I, you were. Well, I guess I didn't really know I was completely done, but then it ended up being done. Ah, okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, I was ready to leave. I was, I think, a little bit frustrated with the company. Oh, uh, yep. You know, at the time, I think that there, there's, and then also, one big thing that I think people don't think about when you go and do these overseas contracts, that um, there's a cultural uh, shift. You know, there's mm-hmm. definitely a big, and so I think sometimes people, you can have a bit of a cultural, um, it's a, a bit culturally jarring. Yeah. Uh, at the, at the time, I think I was just, I was like, I'm ready to go now on the flip side. I knew that I was going to a new contract or I didn't know I was going to a contract, but my, my, my wife at the time had booked, uh, a gig in Australia. Mm-hmm. So, which was starting, I want to say we were done in November. We were done in, we were done in November mm-hmm. and her contract was starting in January. Well, that's convenient. So, so we had a time to go home, see family, reconnect, and then we were going to go to we were going to go to Hawaii with her family, and then then we were going to go to start her contract. And I was just going to go there as a dependent, um, you know, just just kind of go and see if I could book some book some acting work in sure. Sydney and Sydney and Melbourne because it was like a six month contract in, in Australia and then a two month or two week in uh, New Zealand. Right. With a, with a show we were doing how to train your dragon mm-hmm. with the same company that did walking with dinosaurs. Okay. So it was a live theater production or live uh, arena show with life size dragons. And uh, were you able to yield any results? Well, what ended up happening was we, the day we were on the flight to go home. So we had, we had packed everything up, you know, said our goodbyes Mm -hmm. on the flight. I get a text message from the producers of that show. And they said, text us, email us, whatever, as soon as you can, we need to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I emailed back. I said, Hey, I'm here. What's up? They said, we'd like to offer you a role. Oh, great. So, I was offered a role, but my role started before hers. Mm-hmm. 
So we had to do a little bit of a, a transition. I didn't. I had to. I had a one-way ticket to uh, Hawaii, mm-hmm. then on to Australia, and it wasn't that bad of a price of a ticket, just because of the way it went. Um, but I ended up having to go to Australia. I on that year, I missed. I never experienced the first day of 2012 because because flying that way we left on New Year's Eve it came and by the time I landed it was the second nice. so the, I spent the first basically kind of flying in in limbo <laughs> that's cool and no one ever said anything I thought I wonder what will happen if the pilot will say happy new year everybody there, you know, wherever you're coming from, I didn't know if he was going to say this is Happy New Year to where you just left. Mm-hmm. But it, I remember taking a photo of my watch. It came, it went, and I've never been on a flight on New Year's. But that's nothing happens, or at least well, on that's that because, flight. Because uh, time is just a construct created by man. It doesn't really mean <laughs> exactly. anything. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. You, you're welcome. so. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I ended up going to Australia and had a great time mm-hmm. uh, with that with the gang there. So uh, puppeteered again a suit very similar to the dinosaur suit, but I had at that point rehabilitated my knee, mm-hmm. so it was it was a lot better. But then I right. also played a vi- Viking. I was the only Viking that grew a beard, <laughs> so everybody else had to wear these big. I remember one of the guys said to me, "I can't I can't believe you can have that beard. How do you do it?" And then. For the rest of the, the contract, he would walk in and he's like, oh, I hate this beard. Oh, this is so itchy. Oh, I wish I could would grow a beard. You're like, you have to be a man, buddy. Yeah, but the funny thing is now he works in Universal. And mm-hmm. I should I should actually put you on to him. You should interview him. He now, he went from Walking with Dinosaurs, How to Train Your Dragon, and now he works as, uh, he works in Universal Osaka. Mm-hmm. As um, he's British, he he does one of the I think the like either the wand, um, he works in the the wand. Uh, what's that character called? Harry Potter. That well, the Harry Potter world, but he's a he's not Harry Potter. He's um, yeah, I know I know what you're talking the, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and now he has a huge beard. <laughs> he finally became a man. He finally, he finally became a man. Mm. So yeah, so ended up doing that contract or How to Train Your Dragon again, and mm-hmm. it was great. Um, but then by the time they left, we oh we had such a great time. We were in Fox Studios in Sydney. Wow. Um, we uh, it was just it was a huge production. Literally the same thing. The rehearsal process. I remember saying to my team at one point, guys, because they had nothing for us. The mm. show was still being built but they needed to get the actors in. So we sat around and played basically hacky sack for, for like two months. We would kind of rehearse, kind of do this, but there was nothing really for us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would, we'd be on set standing there in our, you know, and then they'd say, okay, everybody, 15 minute break. And we'd go play hacky sack. <laughs> then we'd come back and we'd stand there. All right, places, stand there for three out, two hours. Okay, and do nothing. Okay, technical. So the technical rehearsal was the longest technical rehearsal I've been ever been involved in because it was mm-hmm. so tech heavy. I've never been involved with such a tech heavy show. Pyrotechnics, was very very stuff was. There was a lot of glitches. It was all brand new stuff. So they were trying to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just took time. So that was the point. I remember telling people 
so having gone through how to train your um, universal mm-hmm. Singapore, coming to that, I remember saying to people, people get, oh, I hate, oh, I hate this. I go, guys, uh, it, I remember getting to a point where I was like, we, I, I tell you what, I swear to you, when we get to rehearsal or when we get to the show, trust me, we're going to miss this. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. You know what I'm saying? So I remember, I remember uh, we did get to the show, and I we were standing waiting for the opening because there's this point where we're all you know in places. And I remember saying to, I go, do you remember when I said that? Don't you miss that now? And they were like, they were just like, and we were in the same spot, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I do miss it. So so I think there there was something kind of at that point. My I was kind of learning that process of you know, part of, part of being a performer is, is rehearsing. And I've, I've definitely, I, I do enjoy the rehearsal process. I, that is one thing that I, I think I really, I really do love and found a love for the process of it. So how long were you with, uh, how to train your dragon? So how to train your dragon, I ended up doing, we did about six months in total. Cause I was in, I was in Sydney rehearsing for about two, two and a half months then we did a month in Melbourne. That's where we opened. Mm-hmm. And we were all in these huge, we were in these big arenas. And at the time it was, and I still think to this day, it was the largest, uh, it was the largest touring show or show of all time. Wow. Like largest, I think largest touring show. I think there were 40 trucks. It was huge. So uh, it was the equivalent of, the, I think they had the equivalent of four IMAX screens that they projected onto mm-hmm. and then they had dragons night furies um they had all sorts of all, all dra- a lot of the dragons from the movie uh this inflatable one that was massive nice it was and we had i had my own battle axe that was like my my battle axe and i'll tell you there's a funny story about that it got it was that some somebody in new zealand broke into the place and stole some puppets and stole my battle axe Typical Somehow. New Zealander. No, I mean, <laughs> I that's terrible. I was so bummed. <laughs> like this, I had this battle axe. It was like my baby. You know, I, I probably carried that thing around for six months. And we mm-hmm. would, you know, it, just, it was just my my buddy. And, and uh, it turns out that that was my New Zealand. Uh, maybe it was just their way of saying, hey, you're, you're, you're out of here. Yeah. Um, because they had to make cuts when they went to America because the tours uh, went to America. And they made cuts, like technical cuts, uh cut out some of the, the, the length of the show, cut out some of the staff on back of house. Oh, and um, it's, it was a bummer, but I, and I was like, I think I was the last, you know, it's kind of like last guy hired, first guy out, for, you know, last one in, first one out. Right. And I was, I was the, an alternate. So it's funny. I had the most costumes cause I was the second, there was a stoic and a gobber. Then there was a first, um, there was one of the one of the Vikings was the was like the first alternate stoic. The other was the first alternate gobber, and mm-hmm. then I was the second alternate for both gobber and stoic. Hmm. So wow. I was fitted, and these costumes were beautiful. I would say you know thousand dollar plus costumes because they they were professional, fitted to you, custom made costumes so my road case i was the i had the largest road case i think out of out of anyone because it's like 
your road case traveled with you, but I had all of my costumes in there. Nice. And it's something you don't think you don't know about, don't think about, but yeah, they were, they were, they were beautiful. But one of the things I need to say about this, you know how when I was saying we did, we basically played hacky sack. Mm -hmm. I, that's kind of a lie. We played hacky sack on walking with dinosaurs as a way to kill time. So mm -hmm. proper, proper little hacky sack. But in Australia, somebody introduced the shuttlecock. Mm -hmm. So this became, and the only reason I say this, it became our passion. There was a group of about five or six of us that we started off just counting. How many times could we not let this thing, how many times could we kick it without t letting it touch the ground? Mm -hmm. And we would continue to break our record over time. You know, it started out with like five and then 10 and then 20 and then 40 and then 50, and then 60, and then we kind of stayed at 60 for a while, just stayed in that area, then it was like 100 and something, and then, you know, it was hard to break that, but then one time we just had this huge leap where we leapt from like in the hundreds to like 300 and something. Mm, wow. Where we never let it touch the ground, and when, we, when it finally hit the ground, it was, I swear to you, it was as if we won an Olympic gold medal. I don't think an Olympic gold medalist would have been as excited as we were in that moment. Mm -hmm. We we <laughs> hugged each other, we we laughed, we just it was but I can't explain to you how anytime we had a break, anytime we had a thing, it just was it was just shuttlecock, shuttlecock and we would it was there was a big group of us at times and then but there was about a core of about five people that, mm -hmm. that would do this. So what was next for uh, Bill Landsman after How to Train Your Dragon? How to Train Your Dragon ended. <laughs> so during this whole time, we had, in 2010, so we had invested in a property in South Dakota. We had mm -hmm. bought a farm. We bought a farm in 2010. Mm -hmm. So at that point, now we're sitting at about 2012, I think by 2012, we got to the end of that year. I think I, I, went, to, I went to Australia, or not Australia. We, we did a, a stint in New Zealand where we just went on vacation. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to L.A. for a little bit because my ex was still on the tour. So she was on tour for a while. And so I was just kind of in L.A., kind of getting back into it. Mm -hmm. then, she got let, then she got let go from the tour. So then we decided to just head back to um, head back to the farm. So I was out of work for 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 a while mm. on the farm, and we stayed on the farm for we had New Year's in two, we, or 2013. So then what ended up happening was we decided to audition for Universal Singapore again. Mm -hmm. So because. Uh, there, there was like personal things we were thinking about. She was thinking about going to school for costume technology, but we had a little bit of time before she could get into the school. So we thought, well, we have some time to kill. Why don't we just audition again? So she auditioned, I auditioned, and I got booked, actually. I got booked for um, July of 2013. Mm -hmm. So then I just killed some time, went to a, a voice intensive again and met up with a friend, and then... Uh, went to I went ahead and went to Singapore to do this uh, donkey contract again mm -hmm. 
And uh, was anything different this time around, or was this just old hat at this point? Uh, it was it was old hat. I started to I was there for about a week, and I got I got let go. What? <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, so so I ended up getting let go because. It, it, you know, things had changed a little bit and they were requiring people to do different things. I had auditioned for a voice actor mm-hmm. and they and they put me into, and I got there a little bit early and then they wanted to put me into a dinosaur suit. <laughs> Again, no, no. Right, but I had, I had an audition for it and I was like, I don't really feel comfortable doing it. They put me in one and I, I woke up the next day and I said, As, you know, my back kind of hurts. I'm not, I thought I was just auditioning for a voice actor or an mm-hmm. actor, you know, right. I, I, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. At that point I was like 30, 36, 37. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in just doing the voice stuff. The physical stuff is taxing. So, um, they ended up, I ended up saying, you know, I put on my sheet cause there's a sheet usually you do for these things that say you have to, you have to list any previous injuries you've had. Mm-hmm. And they came back and said, we looked on your sheet and you left it blank. Oh, no. And I, it was a mistake. It was an absolute, like, even on the sheet, it said, you know, you can't, uh, if this isn't filled out in its entirety, you know, consider it void. So I missed it. Somebody in HR missed it. But you got to understand that you're turning in about 40 to 60 pages of documents. You know what it's like. Mm -hmm. You sign every page. So... So, and there's a lot of people coming in that are on boarding. So, I mean, they're looking at thousands of pieces of paper and I missed it. They missed it. But they said, because I didn't fill that out, that it was a breach of contract. So, um, uh, so they said, we're, you know, we're going to send you home. And how did you feel about that? I was, you know, it, it, at the time it hit me, I was, I was pretty, I was upset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I go, guys, if you look back on my 2009, so this was 2013, if you look at my 2009 audition and nothing has changed, mm-hmm. and I filled out the form then, they said, sorry, it has to be every time. I, I go, I didn't, I wasn't trying to lie to you. Actually, I, I could, I, mean, I actually just did the work as a suit performer in walking in How to Train Your Dragon, but it's more the fact that I, that was not what I was hired for. And they said, mm-hmm. well, no, you, we can, we can have you do whatever in the park. So I was like, uh, uh yes. so I was, I was kind of, um, I was kind of frustrated at that point. Right. So you headed back to the U S to do what? So I had headed back to the U S and you know, in that break, when I had known I was going to get the part or I had gotten the part, I decided to do another voice intensive, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in Canada, which I had done in 2005. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine who I had done it with in 2005, we'd been going back and forth saying, hey, shoot, you want to do it? Yeah, I'll do it. Let's do it. Okay, we did it. So we went and did this intensive. And while we were there, one of the teachers or one of the, the people who was running it came to both of us and said, hey, you know, I think I saw that you guys were maybe interested in doing your MFA at acting. I run an MF, uh, Master of Fine Arts, that is at George Washington in Washington, D.C., I'd like to offer you guys two spots. So wow. me me and my friend. And at the time, I said, you know, thanks, that's awesome, but I'm, I got a contract I've signed and I'm going to Singapore. So I said no. But my friend decided to do it. My friend said, okay, I'll take the opportunity and go do it. 
Well, I'm on the train riding back home, the MRT in Singapore, and I'm like, what? I need to message my wife, tell her that we just I just lost my job. Mm-hmm. I We had just put all of our stuff in storage Man. in South Dakota. We had basically you know, packed up everything, moved out of our house. We, at that point we had, st- we still, oh, and we were in the process of selling, but it was going to take a while selling the, my farm to my brother, mm-hmm. but we had a contract where it was going to happen at the end of a year. So we were kind of in this limbo. Right. My sister was living out there and we ended up I ended up messaging messaging my friend saying, "Hey, I just got let let go from my job." And he said, "Hey, message Gary, the guy who runs the program. A friend of mine. He said a friend of his who was doing the program just backed out. Mm-hmm. So a spot had just opened up. Nice. So because earlier, you know, my ex was applying to all these MFA schools, I started the process." So I messaged the guy and he said, well, we'll need to do this, 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 and this. And I go, well, I've done all of that because I just went through the hoops of, you know, getting three letters of recommendation, Mm -hmm. getting, you know, doing all, filling out all these forms, doing all this stuff because I, she was thinking about doing it. I thought about doing it, but wasn't, my heart really wasn't in it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, two weeks later, we had packed every, you know, two weeks later, we arrived in Washington, D.C., less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. I had basically got home. She flew out. We packed up a U-Haul. We went out to, we drove cross country with everything, all of our stuff in a van on in tow in a U-Haul truck. And I was in an MFA program. Wow, that's great. A year, year intensive Shakespearean MFA, which I had never thought in a world, in the world that I was like, never crossed my mind as a little farm boy from South Dakota. That's awesome. So, I mean, was it everything you hoped it would be? I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) No, what ended up happening is that the first five weeks, I literally was like, what have I just, I think I was in a depression. Mm -hmm. I was like, what have I just done? Why, why am I here? I, I remember we had done these monologues and the first time ever in my life, I thought about my hands <laughs> okay. during a scene. What are my hands doing? Uh-huh. And I was, I was like, they're ruining me. They're turning me into, they're, they're making me get inside my head. I, I always felt like I was a pretty uh, spontaneous actor you know, uh, pretty free and kind of making choices. And I'm sitting there thinking, what are my hands doing? Ah! He's like shake fist <laughs> at the sky. <laughs> I was like, you're, you're ruining me. You're make, you're trying to break, you know, mold me into something else. And, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was tough. Mm-hmm. And then through the course of this whole process, uh, the other tough part was, um, you know, I, I ended up separating from my my then wife mm-hmm. during ha- about halfway through. Yeah. And uh, we, we by the end of it, we were we had we had gotten a full divorce. Wow. And so by the time all that was done, 
what were you looking towards? Uh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> the the abyss. You were just gonna walk the earth, <laughs> which I pretty much did. That's what I ended up doing next. Is I I pretty much drove the earth. I no, I ended up. I you know at that point I decided I go I think I'm done acting. Mm-hmm. I was I go this just I. And so I ended up moving to New York City, of all places, to right. not to decide to not act. But I ended up bumping in. I ended up going to. I lived in D.C. for a bit, mm-hmm. and then right then I moved my stuff in October of 2014 to um, to New York, mm-hmm. and then I kind of went. I I stayed there, but before I. I had somebody sublet my place, and then I ended up going to Haiti. So this is kind of, I ended up going to Haiti for a month with a friend who I had met in L.A. as an actor. He was an Mm -hmm. actor buddy of mine, one of my roommates when I first started. He had started a, he was building an Earthship amphitheater for performers in Haiti. Wow. And he said, do you want to come? And I was like, hey, go and he'd asked me every year for years. And I said, no. Oh. And every time I was like, sorry, dude, I'm going to this contract in, you know, this thing, or I'm going to this. And it was the first year where I was like, I got, got nothing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, finished with my, my MFA. I, you know, at that point I had quite a bit of student debt, but my, my, uh, my uh, farm had sold. Mm-hmm. And so my ex and I just split everything and so I, I was, I had some money in the bank and I, but I just had no direction at that point. Do you think uh, the reason why you um, wanted to stop acting was because of the program you just went through or was it because of the divorce or both or what, what was going on? Well, I would say this by the end of the program, I will say that it was a, uh, I get why doing an acting program is beneficial mm-hmm. because one of the things is you're under a it's a laboratory you're under the microscope for yourself and you're able to just you're not there for a job mm-hmm. you're not there for, it's literally what are you putting into it right. every day and we did it five to six days a week 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. was the classes and then rehearse every pretty much every night you either be memorizing or writing something or you know it it was intense it was an intensive Mm -hmm. um so i think what it was is a bit of a burnout Mm -hmm. it was an intense year emotionally Mm -hmm. and i think i was a bit disheartened by the 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 you know obviously i think the 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 divorce had something to do with it Mm -hmm. but then i was also a bit disheartened where I was watching some of the 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 theater in that was there and was just not really I was like this is what I'm striving for this Mm -hmm. is why I'm you know getting 60,000 in student debts for one year is to like I'm not impressed by what some of the stuff was was I don't want to just blanket statement that, but some of the Shakespeare stuff and I just didn't feel like it had much much heart. That's my right. personal opinion, uh, because they would usually hire they were hiring a lot of people 
who they tend to hire people who don't necessarily have the the training for it. They tend to hire people who are going to get butts in the seats, mm-hmm. which may be an actor from a TV series. And I'm not trying to say it. Uh, someone is one of my favorite Shakespearean actors of all time. Does a lot of TV work, so I'm not trying to just blanket statement that. Sure. It's it's um, cover my ass if any 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 casting directors are listening. Uh, <laughs> 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 as we do, right? But right. anywho, th- so it's it was a personal thing. I think I watched some of these plays and just was like, I'm not, I'm just not. So why am I doing? Why am I doing? I I think I just started to ask why, why, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? What what for? So then you decided to head out to Haiti. Was that to do acting there or to help run the theater or what was going to on? To build it. To build, oh, to build it. build it. It hadn't been built so, yet. Okay. No, so, and we're building it out of tires and dirt. Right. So it's an earth, they call it, if you ever, if some of your, if you put this in your show notes, I don't know mm-hmm. if you do that. Um, do. It's called an earth, Earthship. Mm-hmm. Check it out. So Earthship Amphitheater. Well, the amphitheater part is just what my friend called it, but it, it was based on the Earthship design. Sure, sure. He, he went and did a course, and I think the guy developed it in New Mexico or some, mm. somewhere. Yeah, I watched the a documentary desert. about him. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating stuff. Oh, it's great. So we went out there, and I, I think most of it was – I was there about a month, and literally it was this – like we lived in a, like a cement – basically like a cement hut wow. is what I call it. It was an unfinished – no windows, just bars, mm-hmm. uh, mosquito netting at night, living on like a it's like banana leaf woven into a mat. And then on top of that was like a mattress. And then I used a towel for a blanket. Wow. I, I didn't even have a pillow. I just stuffed like some clothes that I just didn't end up needing to use as a pillow for the entire mm-hmm. time. Um, we just drank rum every night but we worked for about 8 to 12 hours a day literally like picking I literally used a pick a pickaxe wow. on this wall it was like hard labor we literally did like a you know month of hard labor wow like prison like what you imagine you know at the beginning of the movie Rambo mm-hmm. when Rocky when they're just splitting rocks with sledgehammers and all the men are working and Ram- Rambo's just like doing that I forget which one it is yeah. Rambo 2 uh, that's pretty much what we did. Wow. And we, I lived off of, uh, at the, t- so I'm gluten and dairy intolerant. And mm-hmm. so breakfast for me was water. And like I had these, these, um, protein shakes, uh, that I had taken over there just in case I was like, I don't know what I can eat over there. I don't know what there's, what there's going to be. What, so I brought about a month. So I had, I literally did like a weight loss system. There was two shakes a day and then a, a a, a balanced meal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, and then uh, and and then rum, uh, or 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 this uh, or this this moonshine type thing that was kind of like the equivalent of moonshine rum. Mm-hmm. That that uh, they said don't drink too much of it or you'll go blind or something because they, wow. they it, it was this really it was a local drink but it was like half the price and it just it would come in a bottle. It was an old bottle of the actual manufactured rum, but oh. it was so che- it was like so cheap, and they'd literally bring a bottle of rum around in the morning. We'd be out picking at eleven in the morning. Somebody'd be like, they'd pass the bottle around. 
Nice. <laughs> it would, and and then I have never seen people so excited when somebody came up the hill with cold water. Mm-hmm. People just people would start dancing, wow. and it was <laughs> like I'm talking the simplest things. Literally, every night when I got to a point where. I would mix rice in with my shakes just to try and get enough calories. Wow. And at night, I would have a plate. You'd have about one meal, and it was like chicken, a little a little green like salad, and then rice and beans. And I got to a point where when that was placed in front of me, it was the best <laughs> thing on earth. And I didn't even – it was like I didn't look up from the plate, just – I bet. So how long did you stay working on this thing? Just one. We were there a month. And I'd say, again, is one of those things. I For about 18 days, I hated my life. Mm-hmm. I, I was just – and then I, it was funny. I just remember 18 days in, there was a moment where I, I just went with it. And then about the last 12 days were were just – you know, you just, it's like almost giving into the, the thing. And mm-hmm. it, it was great. I just kind of had my routine, my rhythm. Life was very, I knew what to expect. Wake up in the morning, put on work clothes, go do the thing, sweat. A bucket of, we usually got about two gallons of water in a cup to do a shower with. Mm. And you'd come out of that shower, just this two gallon shower feeling like a million bucks. <laughs> I bet. And then we just kind of hang out talking and and playing cards or just just chilling. Cool. So what was next for you? So I go to Sundance. Mm-hmm. So this was the year of Sundance, um, uh, where this was about this was 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was my last Sundance where I did. I was driving people around, so I actually got put up in a in a cabin with like kind of a bunch of different everybody kind of squatted into a room. They basically said, drive your car over to this place, unlock the, Here's the key to the place, pick a room. That's where you're going to be. So I was there 10 days. Um, and it, it was just random. Like some people would come in, be there for two, three days and then leave. Other people would be in parts of the house where you'd see them down in the kitchen at night. You might have a drink with somebody. It was just so random. Hmm. It was just so random, but met a bunch of great people, drove a bunch of, uh, directors around, you know, the guys who did, um, uh, the guys who did, uh, what was it? Swiss army man. I'm familiar with the movie, but okay. Yeah. Well, I, that was the year at Sundance. They won an award at Sundance. I got to drive them around. Huh, nice. Um, there, there was just so I got to drive around just different. I would say that was probably the most like mainstream movie person that I got the that I got to drive around. Uh-huh. But then I'd go and get to watch the movies with them, and then afterwards I would drive them. And if they were, if they were, depending on the the person, some of them were just talkative. You know, just talk right. to them about you know, making movies and sure. I felt a little bit like a fly on the wall. It was, it was, it was fascinating. I bet it was. And then while you're doing that, I was the year before I, that, that I had done it, I actually stayed in Sundance and was a, I directed people at bus stops to help them get to the next venue that they needed to go to. Oh, so you were a director at Sundance. Ooh. 
I think I'm going to use. I'm going to do say that. I direct, I'm a direct, I was a director at Sundance. You should. No one would know. No one would know. No, I literally was helping people get from place to place, and mm-hmm. so I got to know the city pretty well. Uh, not that it's a huge city; it's small. It's 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 beautiful area. Um, you just have to stand outside in the cold for four hours, and then you get to watch movies in nice. your in your off time. Uh, but what was it that I? So that year, I slept in my van. Wow. So I, I, I got a parking spot in a in a RV, but this is RVs that are really big and like have heaters, because mm-hmm. it gets below well below zero. Yikes! So I would go to bed at night, literally with a in a probably not the the warmest of. I realize now it's 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 not designed for that cold. In a sleeping bag that wasn't warm enough. And I put cardboard above me with a blanket above that in my van, and then I pointed a little heater, and I'd wake up in the morning, and it would still say it was freezing. It was still just 32 degrees. Ugh, that sounds awful. But but that was the lowest it would go, so it might have been 22. I don't know. Mm. I would wake up in the morning kind of like just in this stiff muscle position that I had been just kind of like trying to warm myself all night. And I lived there for, I'd spent 10 days there. Wow. wow. That was nuts. <laughs> it sounds nuts. But you you lived in a van by a movie theater, not by a river. <laughs> well, I did live by a river at times, too. Because in, in and amongst all this time, I'm just driving around the mm. country back and forth in my van living in truck stops. So when do you get back to working at a theme park? So I ended up partway through this time in New York. I submitted a tape for um, Singapore. Mm-hmm. So I submitted a tape for Singapore as a for Shakespeare in the Park. And a long time, long time, nothing. I get a call and they're like, "We'd like to offer you a part." Mm-hmm. But they're like, we won't pay for travel. We won't, you know. So I'm like, if you get here, you, the part's yours, and this is what you get paid. And I looked at it, and I'm like, well, it's not. I'll probably make. I'll bre- break even, pretty much. You know, right. plane, hotel, or not hotel, but where am I going to stay? So I kind of put the word out to my friends, and I said, is anybody around? Can I stay with some people? So I rented a little bit, stayed in extra rooms. Um, so I spent three months doing. Shakespeare in the Park, mm-hmm. and while I was there, I met up with a guy um, who worked at a local college, and we talked about doing some classes or how could I stay in Singapore because I really did enjoy Singapore. Mm-hmm. And but then in the meantime, I had submitted tape for a theme park in Dubai, mm-hmm. and I booked that, and I booked the kind of the lead of the park, this this character called Phil M. Real. Mm-hmm. So I became, at first they offered me one contract, and then I got offered this other contract where I was basically a uh, swing mm-hmm. in this, and I was this kind of the face of the park. So if you actually go to, so this park was Dubai Parks and Resorts, mm-hmm. uh, and in, I was specifically in the Motion Gate uh, Park in, so this was in the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, mm-hmm. which Brings me back to you. Mm, yep. <laughs> yeah, I was there, all right. We were, yeah, so, so we were together. Once again, 
a theme park that wasn't built mm-hmm. when we showed up. And it turned out to be about the same amount of time, about five to six months before we actually did our first performances. Yeah. Kind of, kind of the same as Singapore. So by that time, I've done Singapore, new show, you know, Dubai, um, had, you know, the MFA, the, had done the new show of How to Train Your Dragon. So by that time, I was like totally cool with the fact that there was nothing going on. Mm-hmm. So everybody, I remember new people were like, oh, oh, oh this, and I'm guys, guys. It's going to do you no good. Get a hobby. Just do something. Fill your time with something. It's not worth the aggravation of, of being worried about when you're going to perform. It's going to happen, and you're going to mm-hmm. miss this time. So right. just, just go along with the rehearsal process. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it was cool. I ended up getting, the, getting made the acting captain mm-hmm. of the park. So I loved it because... Basic. I would just show up at work, and they'd say, "Bill, take uh, take this group and do some improv. Mm-hmm. Take this group, do some, do some, do this, do that." So, I used it as a time to just kind of hone my improv. I taught improv in the past quite a bit, but this was the first time where it was just on a consistent basis, and I got a variety of people that I'd never had never who some of them had never done improv, and then some who had. So it was it was really fun for me. Mm-hmm. I missed that. That was my favorite part of it. Cool. Um, so you stayed at uh, DPR for like for one contract. Is that right? Yep. Yep. One contract. So eleven months. Why not stay longer? Uh, by the time the end of the contract came around, the role, everything. I'm, and I'm sure we could go in at length with this. A lot changed in the park. A lot of the shows were closing. Mm-hmm. I think the show that I was involved with, so I started out as this film real character mm-hmm. doing this really fun role of where we basically were a roving improv troupe on the scene, mm-hmm. uh, on this one street, on this old Hollywood street. But unfortunately, we never had microphones, so it never kicked off. And then so many people left that contract. Mm-hmm. It became kind of like the Hunger Games, where it was almost a, who's leaving after this paycheck. Mm-hmm. And my group was the swing, so every so people started getting pulled into the other shows, and it got to the point where I started to get pulled because they didn't end up getting a Green Hornet. So right. I'm back to a green mask. And a green, so I'm back to kind of being the Green Goblin-ish, mm-hmm. where I'm back to to mask work, where they said you need to, you know, they fit fitted me for a, a suit, and uh, I played the Green Hornet almost by the end. About the last, I'd say four, three, three, four months is pretty much what I I did. That was my main role. I, I just played that almost five days a week. So DPR was, it was fascinating. There was, um, it, it, because it was so, it was built so quickly. Um, mm, and poorly. Two things I would, yeah, it was, there was, a, there were, we got to do a show for the Sheikh. Twice I got to do a show for the Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had, so we got to do a show, this big, big show, and literally, again, it's sitting around, 
waiting for stuff to happen. For about a month, they took us out of our normal roles to prepare for this thing. Mm-hmm. And I just remember they kind of were going to use me for a day. They had me in there because I was film real, and I did literally my role kept getting cut from. They didn't. It, no one really knew what was going to happen, and they were going to put me in this dance number. And then mm-hmm. I did one, w- rehearsed it once, and they were like. We're gonna take you out of this, and I was like, "Yeah, it's probably a good idea. It's probably a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> so, but my whole role became literally me walking on stage to a voiceover cue saying "action," and then cut this little rolling camera on and then off. It lasted more less than fifteen seconds, and that was that was it. Wow! But it was it was uh, it was a crazy time. Uh, I played the Green Hornet, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite. One time we endured, we lived through sandstorms. There was one storm in particular that was pretty bad, where the the park closed, and the next day we came back and trees were were actually blown over. Wow! I don't know. If, I don't know if you remember that. And then I just stayed inside most of the time. Yeah, that's true. You were <laughs> over at, at at you were in the Smurfs, which ultimately I did end up doing a round of brainy smurf a couple i did a couple uh couple rounds of that but green hornet was my main thing and what i remember from that is is it was so hot Mm, i bet that the way that we would do it was it was a shadow by the building it was about two feet we would start the day off me and kato right next to the wall the next set the shadow or the shade was about eight feet Mm-hmm. So then we had a little bit more room to move. The next one, it was a little further and then a little further until it was nighttime, and then it was it was actually kind of it was cooler. So I just remember that the the where the sun was dictated a lot, and I must have there was there were days where we'd have zero people come through. Mm-hmm. No, no one would come through. We would just sit there and talk to each other in character. We would. Uh, we would talk to, um, you know, just other people who might be walking with other workers. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I did, we did end up, we were so, there was nothing going on so much. One time we did end up going in and riding the uh, Green Hornet ride. Oh, yeah, I rode that. It was okay. But in, in character as Green Hornet. Oh, there's a picture of that, isn't there? Probably, I, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw a picture of you guys. I don't know if it was you or maybe a different one. Somebody in a Green Hornet outfit riding it, and it was pretty funny. Yeah, that was it. Was so we ended up doing that one time. There was a kid who was getting on, and it it made his day. Like he <laughs> he literally, we got to take and we took a picture of him in the little car, and it, his little face just lit up. Of it was course, one of because my, what, every kid's favorite superhero <laughs> is the Green Hornet. Except, especially Seth. What is it, Seth? Uh, Rogan. Seth Rogan. Uh, mm. His his Green Hornet in particular. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I think I would, one of my favorite stories of Dubai was. Um, I, it was interesting coming from a uh, what I call the swamp Singapore to the desert of Dubai. Mm. But one of my favorite things was. Near where I near where I was at, they, everything was new. All the vegetation, all the landscaping was brand new. So they put all that in, and we were near a popcorn stand where they made popcorn. Which, by the way, I will say this: Dubai 
Real Cinemas has the best popcorn in the world. I, I will. That's one of my favorite movie theater popcorns ever. So back to this. So we're, there's this little spot where kind of near where we would hang out, Cato and I, and take photos right next to our, our shop. And what we think happened was a couple of seeds from the, from the popcorn maker got into the fresh soil and one day I'm looking and there was all this vegetation that might have been like 12 inches high, about mm. 15 inches high was two, uh, an ear, uh, a stalk of corn. Oh, nice. I looked, and they kind of looked similar. They were very similar shape, but I looked and I was like, I think that's corn. So I watched, it was one of my greatest things. I called it the green cornet. <laughs> And wow. every when anybody would come visit us, like in the park, I if it was after well, after the sun went down, I would check on the green cornet. So we literally it was one of my favorite pastimes was to watch this corn grow up to it actually bared uh, it bared ears of corn. And did you consume this I, corn? No. Well, I saved. I I saved. Uh, I saved a, an ear of it. But oh. then when I was coming back to America, I was like, wait, I don't know if I can bring seeds or something into America. Right. Um, I don't know if there's a something against the law with that. So, But I did. I saved two uh, little little seeds, and my goal is to someday plant a, plant a uh, start a, a crop of, of corn with it. That's a good goal. And and what I'm going to name the, the the package is it's going to be called the green cornet, and it's going to be an ear of corn that has a green mask and a green hat, mm-hmm. and then uh, his sidekick is going to be Cato. So my cat it's going to be based on my cat Kopi, which I got in Singapore in a, in the Cato outfit, mm-hmm. but it'll say it'll be called Cato, because everybody came up and would call Cato. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would call him Cato. Oh, I see. Because they don't know how to read. So that's my, that's my, I think one of my favorite Dubai, um, Dubai stories. And they had this, this little, one of my favorite things in there was the, the popcorn at real cinemas. Sometimes I would just go to them. I'd walk to the movie theater in the, in the desert heat get a box of popcorn mm-hmm. and walk in and just walk out. It's so good. <laughs> nice. Well, I heard uh, earlier you, you said you did a couple of shows for the chic. Um, we did some for a different shake, uh, shake my Dickie. You're, you're, you ever do one for him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, <laughs> admit it. I you did. In, I, I in the did. alleyway. I did. I did. <laughs> no, that's, we, we, we diddled, we diddled the bits for uh, Shane Dickey. We sure did. That was the diddling of the bits for Smurfs Village Playhouse. Oh, uh, was my the God. Shake McDickey joke. I think we can say this because I was part of this group. I loved one of my favorite things was our chat group and are still our chat group. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, all of our names were, um, mine was the kind of the lamest, mine, not lamest, but it's fun, Billiam. Because he always called me Billiam. You were, uh, you were cannot opener. Because <laughs> remember when we lived in the hotel and you needed a can opener, I think, and you, it just oh. became, 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we were we were in the park. Uh, no, not the park. The um, number, number one, one tower, tower in Sweets, mm-hmm. uh, which I have a little story about that in a second. But then it was runs without Steve because one night he went running without you. Oh yeah, uh, he was constantly <laughs> ditching me for stuff. <laughs> for running, and he would just go out for a walk and then run for like an hour in the desert mm-hmm. heat. And then uh, and then there was. Uh, uh, Harambe Jr. Right, yeah. Uh, and then what was, uh, what was, um, yeah, Mach 1. It was, I think it was Mach 1. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. And so that was our little group. It was such a, uh, such a, some of the funniest things come, coming through there. <laughs> so one of the reasons, too, I didn't go to, I didn't stay in Dubai is I was offered a contract. Mm-hmm. Come full circle mm-hmm. to Universal Studios Singapore. Mm-hmm. They hired me again as a donkey, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Oh, yeah. Best, best uh, year, had a great year. I played Santa Claus, which was probably the toughest part of the whole thing. <laughs> uh, I played the lead in the uh, Halloween show, uh, this character named Dr. White. Mm-hmm. And, because you're white, and, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, because he was supposed to be this kind of, um, which it was, it was like a role perfect for me because he was this turn of this, not turn of the century, but like a, uh, plague doctor. Right. So my, my Shakespearean training came into play. So I played it like an over the top bad Shakespearean actor with this mm-hmm. British kind of bad British accent. Nice. Uh, very, very snooty and, and, um, just Big, so much fun. Had so much, but it, it it had the elements of a scripted, but then a little bit of improvisation with the audience. Because at the same time, I did uh, Donkey, and my Donkey show was very different than back when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, just in, a, I think, I'm just in a different place, man. I just it, the the company didn't bother me. I just was like, oh yeah, of course. That's after Dubai, after. A divorce after living in a van after Haiti after all these things I think I just you know I was broken I was they broke me they broke me down and I built up from there and have had a great year what was your last day like at Universal uh, so my last day was was back at donkey funnily enough it was a bit just because of the way things were the, the scheduling was a little different I didn't really know when my last day was going to be. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, kind of maybe like maybe a little bit more like you, where I go, this could be my last show, and so right. I could have probably swapped with somebody, mm-hmm. but I I almost felt a little bit more like it was just it was just um, I had a great time. It was a better year for me, but I I had a great last show, but it was just kind of like cool. Uh, have a good day, guys. See ya. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, and it was, you know, it was just like, it was it. But no, wait, my last, my last day might have, my last day might have been actually, I was also, I also did the Jurassic World show. Mm-hmm. So that was my, that was my final thing as I was a donkey still. So I didn't know when my last donkey was because I was also being cat or put in as I was playing the lead in this Jurassic show, which Dell directed. Mm-hmm. And had a great time working with him. He was my director for for Donkey and for the show, mm-hmm. and had such a fun time with that show. It was a silly, absurd, run around, getting to 
poke poke cattle huge cattle prods at don uh, not donkeys at uh, dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, had an, had a had like a fight scene with the raptor. Nice. It was got to interact with little these really funky little uh, pterodactyl pterodon puppets. Mm-hmm. Got to got to do a funny little scene with a little kid, which was great. Every got to ki- call a kid on stage and had a blast with that. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, since you've worked at so many theme parks, what is your favorite one to work at? Oh, man. Favorite? Even the Walking with Dinosaurs, How to Train Your Dragon, all that stuff? Mm, no, those aren't theme parks. Okay, let's not call those. So favorite. So I've only worked at two then. Universal okay. Singapore. No, three. Three. I've worked at Universal Singapore, Universal Hollywood, and Dubai Parks and Resorts. Mm-hmm. I would say... I'd say favorite show of all those... Just hands down, even though I, I'm going to exclude because I really had a lot of fun with the the spinoff shows like like um, you know the Halloween Horror Nights in Singapore, the mm-hmm. you know the Halloween Horror Nights when I was uh, my initial ones um, Siler for Bill and Ted's. Mm-hmm. I'd say just just in long Donkey Donkey was is just was just a I never got tired of playing Donkey. Heck yeah, man! I'm right there with he, you. He he's a upbeat, great character. Kids love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's this weird little like you're in you're kind of playing the Wizard of Oz. You're the man behind the curtain, mm-hmm. and no one sees you. You can ruck up to work in shorts. Yep. It, it never got. It was always interesting because you. We're doing a show with a different host. Even if, let's say, you had a host, you'd started to develop a, a rapport with a host. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not see him for two months or a month or a week, and and so it was always a little bit of give and take. Yeah. It was your, you know, it was your show as a donkey, but I always tried to play to the strengths of my, you know, t- tried to not just be so solid, but be consistent, but I had a, a host that I was working with that made it just brought a new energy to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. what what is your favorite theme park to go to as a guest? Ooh. So I have been to Universal Orlando as a guest. Mm-hmm. I ditched work one time when I was an engineer, and mm-hmm. I would say my favorite favorite day of all time at a theme park was Disneyland in in Anaheim. And I was working as an engineer uh-huh. by day, working doing doing community theater by night in Orange County. Mm-hmm. And all the people that I was doing shows with were involved in theme parks. Uh-huh. They were working in theme parks. So one day Somebody whose birthday, we're all older, we're all, I mean, when I say older, now it's younger, it's, so I was like 20, right. in my, 20, maybe 25, somewhere in that range, I skip work, uh, call in sick, go to, go there, they got me in for free, mm-hmm. they knew, they got us fast passes for free, Wow. we, they, they knew everyone, they got us in, we never had to wait in line, I'm with these people who 
I'm, you know, just kind of, we're hanging out and doing theater together, but then we just had this awesome day, and uh, and that was like, actually, I think it was my first time in a theme park. Oh, so, wow. So I just got this kind of behind-the-scenes um, snippet, and we just had, we had such a blast. I learned so many ins and outs about all the little rules that you never know. I got, I basically was a, a guest that was being taken around by insiders. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, well, do you have a favorite ride? Theme park rides, I'd say my favorite place for rides was, um, I went there a couple times after it, we went up with some friends, was uh, Magic Mountain. Oh, yeah. I still want to go there. Yeah, Six Flags. You've right? never, have you ever been there? I went there. I worked a commercial there where we got to ride one roller coaster over and over again, but that's it. Okay. Well, I'll say this. As far as rides go, that place has the best concentration, best just variety, biggest rides. And if you go there, when I was living in L.A., Mm -hmm. you go up there in the winter, nobody is there. Right. You literally run from the... They, they won't let you just back on. It's the policy. Mm-hmm. Even though there's no one in line, you ha- still have to run around, get back in the line, and get on. Wow. But we literally spent a day not waiting in line for anything. And there was, a, there was one, I think, I think it was the extreme, that was really fun. We, that, where you, they flip you kind of upside down. That was probably my favorite ride of all time. Cool. I will have to check that out sometime. And and the ride in Singapore. I did like the red uh, version of the the Battlestar, the Battlestar Galactic Battlestar oh. Galactica. The the Cylon side was fun as yeah, well. I liked but it, that it was coaster. really quick. Yeah, it's a great coaster. Quick, short. I must have ridden that when we first came here. Now the rules are a little more strict. But when we first came here. That was part of our day. We would just go out in the park and ride that ride, and then they closed it because that that chair fell out. Yeah. I think they opened it back up, and though, right? They did. They did open it back up, but I, you know, after that, I I don't go on rides as much as I used to. Uh, yeah. Not that I. Not that I'm. I'm just. I. I kind of. I don't go into the theme park. I would walk through with my coffee before I do my sh- shift mm. and. But I just I just don't go in them as much. I'm sure. Well, once you've been on everything a million times, I mean, it's kind of hard to get surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, what are you up to these days? Is there anything you'd like to promote? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm back in Singapore. Mm-hmm. So after my stint at Universal, I ended up opening my own company. Oh wow. Uh, called Eclectic Bison Productions. Mm-hmm. It has an employee of one, <laughs> and that is, that is, is me. Oh, it's you. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I open my own company. I employ, I employ myself, mm-hmm. and I do freelance. Um, I teach part-time at LaSalle as an mm-hmm. acting and improv teacher. I do some of my own acting classes, night classes for adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, have done, and then I've, I've done some some work at SRT teaching uh, kids Shakespeare, mm-hmm. which surprisingly I, I actually have found in my old age, I really enjoy teaching. Uh, that was one thing I would say that Dubai really showed me was I went from, 
I had this piece of paper called an MFA with like, oh, cool, I'm, I feel like I'm a better actor. I feel like I know my instrument more, if you will. But when I started to teach, it just, I really have found a, a love a love of teaching. And now I've done a little bit of directing too. So now I'm, I'm directing my own uh, improv group. I've started Improvinopolis. This is round three nice. of, of Improvinopolis. So Improvinopolis started in LA back in circa 2006. And funnily enough, like I said, Improvinopolis is the reason that I went to my first audition because that one girl in my improv troupe back then talked me into it mm -hmm. and now and now full full not even full circle just part of the journey now i'm in singapore trying to grow this brand called improvinopolis and i do improv shows uh one to two times a month at uh, a comedy club called the merry lion i actually have one on the fourth of july mm -hmm. coming up so if any of your viewers are in singapore and they listen to this come come to uh, the merry lion on the fourth of july but that's my, that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Very cool. Do you have a um, email or website you'd like to drop? Yeah, I do. Actually, I have uh, a couple. I, I it's uh, www.improvanopolis.com. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's a mouthful. I'll put it in the uh, show notes. Don't worry. Okay. And my other one is eclecticbison.com, and that's the so that's my the name of my uh, production company. Mm -hmm. And that was that was born out of when I did a little bit of stand up when I was in New York. Mm -hmm. My last day in New York, I got to do I did a my last night in New York, I did stand up at the Comedy Cellar. Nice. And that was a really and at the time I was big into Louis, <laughs> uh, which I still I still think he's funny. Uh, sure. I, I know stuff keeps popping up on the internet. We don't have to get into politics or anything. Right. He's a funny man, mm -hmm. but at the time the area that I was going was literally where they filmed the beginning of the TV series Louie. Yeah, I remember. And, and uh, so I was doing, I did an improv, or not an improv, but a, a, a comedy set, and then I drove away the next morning at 4 a.m. Wow. And, my van, and four hours later, my van started on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we should end. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no, I, so, so yeah, so collectivebison.com. So check them out. Uh, I do a little bit of everything. Jack of all trades, master of about seven. <laughs> master debater. <laughs> <laughs> master. Yes. Uh, so, so anywho, you master know, diddler. Like, master diddler. I, I love to diddle the bits, my friend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, man, it's been awesome catching up with you. Thanks so much for being a theme park legend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Steve, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Theme Park Legends podcast. Make sure you retrieve all belongings while exiting the car. Should you forget anything or have any questions or comments, make sure you reach out to us on social media. And remember, have a legendary day.